Hello, everyone. I'm Brian Carrington, and you're listening to Call Talk for March 23rd, 2016. Today's topic is customer experience journey mapping. Now, of course, I'd always like to invite you to be a part of the show and ask some questions, and it's really easy to do it if you have access to email. What you want to do is send me your question at brian at benchmarkportal.com, and that's spelled out B-R-I-A-N at benchmarkportal.com. Of course, I want to remind you that all of our shows are archived and available to listen to at any time that's convenient for you, and that's on our website, benchmarkportal.com. So, with that being said, I'd like to introduce the host of Call Talk, Bruce Belfiore. Well, thank you very much, Brian, and welcome back to Call Talk, everyone. This is a really important topic that I find many, many people talking about today, the uh, customer journey mapping. And uh, what I find also in talking to a lot of center managers is that uh, so many improvement initiatives come back to knowing how your customers are interacting with you in a very profound way. Just yesterday, I was on a webinar in which we were talking about the contact center of the future and the topic of omni-channel excellence came up. And really, all the way from the basics to the most advanced omni-channel strategies really required the contact center manager to understand what it's like for a typical customer to interact with you. And the question to our audience is, do you really know what that's like, and how do you find out? So we wanted to go into this more, and we brought an expert on the topic for you for the program, Amy Novak. Welcome to the show, Amy. Well, hi, Bruce. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here and talk about today's customer experience journey mapping. Okay, well, great. Well, just for our listeners' uh, information, Amy is one of our uh, senior consultants here at Benchmark Portal. She has over 15 years of contact center management experience and has spent several years managing inbound and outbound service teams. And prior to joining Benchmark Portal, she acted as senior manager of call center operations for a small to mid-sector outsourcing company. She introduced Lean Six Sigma methodology for call center process improvement and design, and she implemented multi-channels within her own center, so she knows what she's talking about. Amy's focus on employees aided in driving results among staff, processes, and systems to enhance an effectiveness and efficient customer service. She brings all of her passion and drive for contact center management wherever she goes, and uh, by the way, you may note that she is the content producer for Call Talk. You've probably heard her name before. And she very conveniently booked herself as the featured guest for this show. Right, Amy? <laughs> well, yes, Bruce. We see it in Hollywood more often than not. Those actors and stars are not only producers, but putting themselves in their featured films. So I thought this would be my opportunity to do that. There you go. Okay. And I'm sure there's a big increase in pay, right, Brian? Of course. (laughs) (laughs) At least double. Anyway, well, Amy, let's start with the basics, the the why of the mapping. Uh, You've been involved with many centers spanning various industries. And in your view, what would be an organization's gain from performing a customer experience journey mapping exercise? Well, first and foremost, Bruce, an organization can actually personalize and make that customer's experience more interactive by performing a customer experience journey mapping. Many organizations find that it's challenging or they're no longer able to differentiate themselves for their pricing and their products. 
So mm-hmm. many centers are now and organizations are turning their focus to the customer's experience and effort. So as they turn that focus, they may want to consider a couple of questions as they're looking at that overall experience. The first question would be, does the organization offer the technology and services the customer not only needs, but wants? Our culture is really more in the wanting and less of needing information in this day and age. And with that change in the culture, it's changing the face of the service because the customers are more empowered and they're informed. So that's the first item that comes to mind in in terms of an organization and what they should be maybe considering as they start this venture. And then second... This is an important point, just that uh, really the hierarchy of needs type of thing is really becoming toward a hierarchy of expectations, and it's really what they want. And in order to be competitive, we have to go beyond the specific and strict needs of the customer uh, to what is it that's going to make them happy, which uh, actually goes beyond their basic needs, doesn't it? Correct. And, you know, we think of our day in our lives as we interact each and every day. We're looking at what we may want. It's We're seeing more of a minimalist view in terms of what people really need. And mm-hmm. that transition, again, in the culture is is impacting business as we know it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Very good. And do uh, you had one other point you were going to make, too, I think. Yes. Yes, certainly. The, the second point that comes to mind or the question as an organization would be, do they offer the technology to the customer to help them through each stage of their journey, through their process within their organization, Mm-hmm. So yeah, that would no, be the second uh, question I would pose and want to think about. Right, right. Key, is there, in fact, the tools and the technology there available for the customer to either help themselves or for the uh, agent to help them out? And, well, we're going to get into sort of the uh, the nitty-gritty of what it's like to do one of these. But uh, before we do that, what, what's one of the biggest challenges organizations are facing as they transition to become more customer-focused? Because I think this helps to put a frame around with the exercise itself. Certainly, and actually before I respond to your question, I'll answer it with another question for the audience. Is is customer experience included in their organization's decision-making? Mm. And mm. that, you know, that's definitely food for thought in terms of when you start to incorporate and focus on that experience and the effort is when the organization is reviewing and making these changes, do they include that information within their decision-making process. But to go and answer your question, Bruce, as it relates to some of the challenges, a noticeable challenge that I have seen is how customers, and being a customer myself, were passed from function to function looking for service. So we're going basically channel jumping, channel surfing, however you want to call it. I know you're from California, so we can do surfing. But There you go. Customers... <laughs> You know, customers, they're they're really seeking a seamless journey, so you don't want to hit that riptide. You want that seamless journey across all those touch points from when you get on your board, so your initial contact, right through to support, meaning as you ride that wave out, you're looking for that seamless transition. And customers, as they interact with companies, are also looking for that seamless transition. Customers are using 
you know, so many different channels now to communicate with organizations, it honestly, it makes sense in order to overcome this challenge of channel jumping or surfing, an organization would want to perform a customer experience journey mapping. I was also on a, a webinar the other day, and it had included how many companies are actually changing their primary focus to the customer experience. And it was actually Gardner that indicated within 2016, 89% of companies are changing their primary focus. So if we understand this channel jumping and we're surfing, can we truly you know, incorporate and clarify that by going through this ex- experience journey mapping for the customer? Yeah. Yeah, no, they're very interesting. And it seems to me that uh, maybe, Brian, in the future, with all the surfing analogy, we should use the Beach Boys <laughs> for the uh, <laughs> the background music on it. But, uh, yeah, because, you know, when you think of it, too, the, 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 the surfboard these days is that little thing you hold in your hand. It's the mobile, right, more and more. And uh, that's where people are living from. And from the customer's point of view, increasingly, it's that little device which is uh, everything for them. Uh, It's not for everyone all the time. Obviously, computers in the office and telephones uh, back home and in the office, et cetera, are still extremely important. Uh, The voice channel is extremely important. But more and more, that customer journey is focusing itself on that mobile device. And uh, for them, it's just one mobile device. For us as managers, it's multi-channel. It's a real, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it, it's it's a real thing to understand how the journey can be different. Because you know, in some cases too, people will be in their office. They may be on the phone waiting for an answer or trying to get through to something. And meanwhile, they're on the uh, internet surfing, trying to get an answer there. Right. So yeah. they're actually multi-channel surfing simultaneously. Uh, just trying to get their answer as quickly as possible, and we've probably all done that, so we can relate to it. It's uh, it's a major thing. Well, Amy, you know, I, go ahead, Bruce. Sorry ahead. to interrupt. Can I ask Amy? Has there been any any research done on uh, which channel is preferred by customers that get sand in their shorts? I can definitely look into that and see if there's any white papers on sand in, in shorts, but I would have to get back to you on that one, Brian. That would be the angry customer. Okay. Sorry. Go ahead. Yes, that's right. Those are, those are the irritated customers. Right. Absolutely. They're, They're the ones that hit that riptide. Yes. Right. Yeah, it serves up. Uh, well, you know, why have it more? I still I want to get to the how-to part because I know that our listeners want that. But uh, why have more organizations performed a mapping exercise? Because uh, I was at a couple of conferences this year. Uh, we talked about it. I actually asked in one case for a raising of hands of how many people had gone through one of these exercises. There were very few who had actually done a customer experience journey mapping exercise. Uh, so why have it more done, more people done it, Amy? In your opinion. In my opinion, Bruce, honestly, it's like many things that we hear in our, you know, current environment, it's easier said than done. And once you begin this process and understand how much information and data is involved in going through just this mapping process, then you can truly understand that customer's journey. And so, again, just going back to it's easier said than done, 
can you really align, can that company align what the customer wants to accomplish? Because if they can, that's key. If they can align in terms of that journey, what that customer is looking for or trying to accomplish, then they are really moving in that right direction. A main element within this process, though, is really identifying and defining a persona for the mapping. It can be one of the most challenging items as it relates to the team and the team agreeing upon this information as they go forward through this process. So that's just to kind of scratch the surface as I know you want to go into a little bit more of the nitty-gritty on the, the mapping process, but for the team and the agreement, it's really identifying and defining a persona. Okay, good. So that that does bring us to sort of the nitty-gritty part of it. And it's, uh, and, and in terms of uh, more people not doing it, I think in in, in, in a certain case, it's, it's sort of like getting up on the, the surfboard, right? It's tough to do mm-hmm. it the first few times. And people are daunted by it, and they're not quite sure how to go about it. But if you've got a good instructor, if you've got a good mentor, if you've got somebody to do a little bit of hand-holding through it, then you can uh, really get good at it. And, uh, you know, I know the little surfing I've done and surfboarding and other stuff like that, That's that's been true for me. I mean, as long as you... I listen to what the instructor tells me, then I, I get it done a lot better. Okay, well, let's let's go into the fact that this is a project. Uh, customer experience mm-hmm. journey mapping exercise is a project, and it needs to be handled according to project management best practices. So you need to have a project leader. You have to have a clear idea. You have to have uh, support from above. There needs to be uh, a mandate for this and an understanding of why it's important to do. Uh, you need to define your team. Uh, you need to define your processes, have a good checklist, a spreadsheet, or other software. It could be project management software that you're using uh, already. But if you don't have that, that should not be any, uh, you know, disincentive because you can come up with a good spreadsheet to do it as well. And, and dates in there, which uh, actually holds people's feet to the fire and make things uh, more accountable. Um, and, you know, handing out uh, homework assignments, too, so that, uh, you know, for instance, uh, before the first meeting, making sure that people read through what it is that this is all about so that they don't come in scratching their heads and wondering why are we here and who are these people and how are we, why are we here. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, they understand the why and the the what, and they've actually put some thought into why this is important. Now, your your uh, your thoughts on that? Uh I agree 110% in terms of the project management aspect. You really need somebody to be the leader of this process because it is a project management role. And that individual can help with the decision or be included as part of the team. Because when you think of even defining the team, you know, who should be on the team? Yep. So you'd want to look in the organization and see, you know, who understands the customer journey. You may be taking, you know, individuals from the front line because they truly understand that customer journey by their interactions with the customers. But then also you want to consider those that may not understand the customer journey because they're not on the front line, but they're making some, you know, key decisions or they're key influencers for those decisions in the organization. So you have a very well-diversified group, and this way all the 
individuals within the group can really focus on the customer's needs from different perspectives. And it may be eye-opening for those that are not on that front line to see some of the consequences as they go through the journey of some of the decisions they make. Yeah, and actually, you know, this is a golden opportunity to do something that uh, we preach a lot, which is to build a radial organization. That is to say, those of us in the contact center sector oftentimes find ourselves, in one way or another, uh, cut off from the rest of our organization, the rest of our enterprise. And uh, this is a, a perfect opportunity to break down some of those barriers and bring uh, people together so that going forward you can actually be a more integrated part of your organization. Um, because at the end of the day, you know, we all know when we complain about what marketing just did to us in terms of, mm-hmm. you know, having some special offer out there that they didn't tell us about, and so we had this crush of new, um, you know, calls coming in. Uh, we know about the operations department where something goes down down on the website and they didn't tell us about it. Um, there's all kinds of things that on an individual uh, call center level, you can say, look, who is it that really does impact our lives and whose lives do we impact inside the organization? And how does this relate to the customer journey? And mm-hmm. uh, who should we include on this? And, and it will open up eyes, as you said, Amy. It's going to make people much more aware of uh, how they uh, these various functions have an impact on how the customer uh, perceives and experiences the interaction with your organization. Agreed. Agreed. So we, we, we've got the, this team together, this team which will include people from front lines, from uh, operating management, from other parts of the organization, uh, needs to have uh, senior management uh, support, and uh, they're, they've gotten their, you know, there's been probably a, a pre-meeting or a conference call in which uh, everything is made clear to, to people. Uh, there's a certain amount of homework that's been given out ahead of time so that people know what things they're supposed to be thinking about, uh, particularly as regards to the persona and the, um, uh, the what, what people, you know, go through as customers. Uh, where they find 800 numbers, where do they find uh, the uh, chat uh, function on their website, uh, all those kinds of things. It's just, uh, uh, it's really exciting. It's fun stuff, right, Amy? I mean, it's it really kind of... It's like uh, digging you're in the a... sand and finding, yeah, what you can yeah. find treasure-wise, the metal detector gentleman. Yeah. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> We're back on the beach, Brian. We're back on the beach. (laughs) It's working. It's working. (laughs) Yeah, and it is. It's fun. And and you are kind of digging up this stuff and uh, expanding your mind in a way that, uh, I don't want to get psychedelic or anything, but expanding your mind (laughs) in a way that most of us don't get a chance to do in our day-to-day work. And, And then we get into this room, and the real work begins because we've got uh, whiteboards, uh, we've got sticky notes, uh, we've got, um, you know, uh, boxes with uh, lines going from point to point. Why don't you talk a little bit about what that can look like and feel like, uh, Amy, so that our listeners can have a sense of that. Certainly, Bruce. Actually, I may even take it a couple steps back in terms of before all the fun stuff. And, and I must admit, I do enjoy the, the mapping part that is the truly the fun part with all the lines and the paper everywhere. But 
it's really first understanding the organization. Did they and do or do they have a goal for their center? So is there a goal as it relates to putting together and going through this experience journey mapping for the customer? And so when I say goal, it could be anything as it relates to client retention, maybe improving technology, mm. or even potentially simplifying the process for the agents because that's that's part of it. So it's simplify it for the agents as well as the customers. And so it's understanding the goal, and it can be even a mixture of those because when we go through the mapping, we want to know what that goal is or the mapping, the outcome of the mapping will be. And are we in line with improving that technology, simplifying processes, or really retaining those customers? Boy, is that and an then, important one. Yeah, Amy, yeah. you know, I was just thinking that one of the things that a uh, project leader would want to do here is to get the uh, corporate mission statement or the contact center mission statement and put it up somewhere prominently in the room so that it can be mm-hmm. used as a, uh, you know, a backdrop and also a test for things that you decide as you go along. Exactly, and that's a great point, Bruce, because if you have that mission statement for the center, in theory, and I'm using that word loosely, in theory, that should align with the organization strategy. Yep. So, and if it doesn't, then we need to see how can we connect the organization to the center's goals to actually connect with the customer's needs. So as an example, if the organization's strategy is really to exceed the customer's needs and expectations so there will be continued customers or loyal customers, then that would be connecting to the center's goals of improving technology or simplifying processes, as an example. So having that visual, like you stated, posting that mission statement up there would be helpful for all of the participants in this process. Yeah. And, and, and you know, one other thing through. is uh, mm-hmm. just to, uh, obviously, if you invite some senior managers in to uh, for some of the time to see what's going on, if they see the mission statement up there, it's not going to hurt your career either to know that, uh, you know, you have been uh, thinking about how it is that you're going to fit in with the or- the organization and how you're going to further uh, the objectives of the uh, enterprise as a whole. A good thing to do and uh, a good way to show that you're really part of the organization and not as simply a, one of those uh, cost centers that's off in the corner somewhere or out, out in the uh, in the periphery. Agreed. And as they have those items locked in and then they, a center has identified the persona, because, again, that, we had briefly talked about that, Uh, a little bit ago as it relates to one of the foundational steps in starting this process because that's going to help the organization better understand their customers by putting themselves in their customer's shoes or, as you like to call them, Bruce, Zapatos, and I hope I pronounce that properly for all the <laughs> individuals out there listening to us. But yeah, it's really yeah. you know, did we do we have that person? Are we in their shoes? Their Zapatos. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. And then well, the fun stuff again. Yeah. Keep going. Keep going. Because then we're going to have to get <laughs> into like, questions. So please do. Certainly. Yeah. The, then the fun stuff again begins. You have all the brainstorming sessions. So you're you're looking at aligning what your current process is, what that current journey is for the customer, and then you'll have another brainstorming session, and it's really 
that this is where the innovations come in. It's where you can personalize and or increase that interaction. And that, that really surfaces during that brainstorming session. So you have all these papers and you're looking at the clusters and where those improvements are. So you can identify and prioritize where there might be gaps as you start seeing these papers align in the process going through. And you then go through after identifying and prioritizing those gaps of really redesigning that new journey so that new journey can be put into actionable and relevant terms for your team. And then in addition to all of those steps, it's really looking at did you measure and or survey before and after to track the changes and progression of what has transpired throughout the existing journey now to the redesigned, personalized, increased interaction journey. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, now those are all great points. And, uh, you know, again, uh, sometimes it's it's helpful to have somebody, uh, you know, organizing that, uh, helping you through it, you know, sort of a lifeguard uh, type of just to continue on with the beach. Uh, We're back at the beach, there. okay. <laughs> We're back at the beach. Yeah, this, this is Baywatch. This is actually call center Baywatch. <laughs> uh, so, you know, to help out with that because uh, sometimes you get caught in the weeds and you really do need to uh, have the uh, expansion of mind, but also the best practices that others may have incorporated and that you just aren't aware of, and that's where an expert can help you out. Um, you know, the, the, these are really great insights. The uh, half hour has been going really, really quickly. So I noticed that Brian has some questions, and why don't we go over to him and uh, and uh, answer some questions from some of our, our listeners. I'm giving out good customer vibrations. Oh, okay, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> this one comes from Jessica. Uh, she's asking, what if my company is not making any changes to existing technology? Will my center gain anything from facilitating a journey mapping experience? Thanks, Brian, and thank you, Jessica. Yes, actually, knowing what the customer's account is encountering, that's that's half the battle. And so innovation can include how service can be improved when technology will not change. Technology is really just part of the journey. So it's really understanding that larger journey, and that's how your organization and center will benefit is understanding that the technology piece is only a portion of the journey and looking at that bigger picture. Yeah, if I could just tell a story here. Um, I was in a center in Florida, in fact, not too far from uh, the Gulf. And Mm -hmm. um, this was a situation in which I did a side-by-side with the uh, manager and basically went through the IVR with the manager whose face got very red (laughs) at a certain (laughs) point because we were having a lot of problems with the IVR. And I asked her, you know, quite frankly, how long has it been since you've gone through your own IVR? Okay. Mm -hmm. And she said two years that that she hadn't been through it. And so the, the insights that came from simply turning yourself into a customer, even on a, a, an unstructured basis were extremely healthy for that particular call center because we started out with where do you find the uh, 800 number for your company? Um, Is it hard? Is it easy? Are we making this customer experience uh, journey a difficult thing or an easy thing? What would the customer effort score be that would come out of this kind of thing? 
Um, and so a lot of insights came just from something that simple. Now, you can imagine if you put it on steroids by having a uh, customer experience journey mapping uh, exercise, then you come up with a lot of really good insights. And you don't necessarily have to change technology to do that. Obviously, if you have an opportunity to uh, get better technology, that's great. But uh, you don't have to. And in some cases, uh, Jessica, by the way, you can actually <laughs> find uh, the information you need to build a strong ROI case for the new technology uh, because you'll be able to show your senior management how you'll be able to save money, um, oftentimes within a few months of an, an investment, in order to uh, uh, in order to move yourself forward. You know, whether it's training or technology, those sorts of things can oftentimes pay off very quickly. Okay, perfect. Well, thank you. Um, well, Amy, I'm not bragging, so don't put me down, but I've got the best <laughs> contact center in town. When something comes up to me, we don't even try, because if I had a set of wings, man, I know we could answer every time. <laughs> you guys Are you looking for me to fill you in the position of guesting next time, Brian? <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> okay. Aaron uh, asks our next email question and uh, has this for okay. us. What happens if, identi uh, if I identify more than one persona? Ooh, good question. Oh, yeah, that is a good question. Uh, Aaron, excellent question, actually, because that's half the battle sometimes is really identifying a persona. So the first question, think about if you have more than one persona, is the same message and approach being used by the personas that you've identified. And if there's a unique approach that is used for those different personas, then we would want to look at the one or the multiple personas receiving the same message or approach. Because as you go through that overall journey, you will identify business requirements for all personas. But to help streamline the process as you first initially begin the experience journey mapping, it's making sure you have the same approach and message for that persona that you identified. But excellent question. Yeah, if I could just throw in here, too, the fact that there's going to be a certain tension in this whole question. It's because it's an excellent and uh, you know, challenging area to deal with. On the one hand, there's the well, people are people approach, right? And then there's mm -hmm. the people are all different approach, right? And so, by coming up with a persona, a limited number of personas, we're trying to bridge that gap and make it, uh, you know, practically um, accomplishable. If I can create a new word for the uh, for the team. And, uh, you know, on the one hand, we want to treat everyone according to, well, there's the golden rule, right? Uh, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. And there's the platinum rule, which is what's uh, used in commerce these days, which is treat everyone as they want to be treated. And so that's what you're trying to do with these personas. And uh, you need to understand the various kinds of people who will be coming uh, to your center and looking for uh, service according to generations, according to uh, other demographic, uh, uh, you know, situations, according to their needs, etc. Uh, actually, part of this is just an eye-opening exercise that will help you to uh, have empathy. 
for your customer as you go through the process. So, anyway, back to you, Brian. Okay, perfect. Thanks, you guys. Uh, one more from Derek, and he uh, wrote in. Wouldn't it be nice if my answers were all taken over by multiple channels? Just kidding. <laughs> Last one. Okay. All right, this one comes from Derek. All right, this sounds easy enough. Why would, and also he said Brian stop singing. This sounds easy oh. enough. <laughs> Why would an organization need assistance to perform this exercise? Well, that's another great question. We have a lot of uh, excellent questions from listeners today. It's amazing how many times we take on a project, and I'll, I'll use a personal example here. My my husband's a Mr. Fix-It. And so he'll do things around the house. He'll he'll take on a project, and some of them are within his means, and he'll be able to handle the project on his own. But once he takes on a project that sounds easy, somehow I normally get sucked into assisting him with that project. The project takes him twice as long as what he initially anticipated, and the cost is increased because we've run to the local hardware store more times than I'd probably like to share with the listeners. So we're increasing that time. And knowing and understanding from the beginning, if you have assistance throughout the process, it will really provide a holistic view as it relates to going through the customer experience journey mapping. It also will help with keeping the group that has been designated for this process focused on the task at hand. And then you have that outside perspective backing up and providing information as it relates to comparing the discoveries and providing recommendations on best practices. Mm. Yeah, I think the discoveries and, and uh, recommendations, that's a really good point, really good point. Well, boy, this uh, half hour is just – actually, it's gone by, and it's gone very, very yes, quickly. It and uh, it, it's been fun uh, sailing the sloop, John B., Amy, Brian, and me. Yes. Thank you. So anyway, with that, I'll uh, thank Amy very much for uh, participating in this. And uh, Brian, back to uh, Amy, anything else you wanted to say before we send things back to Brian? I'm going to be very plain and say thank you because neither of you want to hear me sing. <laughs> <laughs> and nor do the listeners. <laughs> all right. Well, uh, well, thank you to you both for uh, all the insight today. And uh, we sure had a lot of fun on that show. So hopefully everyone enjoyed it as well. Yes. Um, I also want to remind you to join us next month for another great show. And uh, definitely check out our huge selection of archived shows that we have on our website, benchmarkportal.com. Scroll to the bottom of the page and you'll see Call Talk, where you can find over five seasons of our show. Many, many different topics. Sure to find one suiting you and your place there in the Contact Center. So for all of us here at Benchmark Portal, keep those headsets steady and your fingers ready. Surf's up, my friends. I'm signing out. Have a great day. <laughs> <laughs>
That's a wrap. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC.